Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you? You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm going to answer an audience question. And it's a question that I know many of you will benefit from the answer. So I can't wait to get to that. And I also, I really value being vulnerable, being transparent, obviously. And today was a challenging day for me. Uh, I wanted to just talk about something that not many therapists, psychologists talk about, and that is the ending of a therapy relationship. Obviously, as the client, if any of you have been in that position and you have to end the therapy, terminate is the word that we're taught to use clinically, which just sounds terrible to terminate the the relationship. Um, When you go through that as the client, it can feel so hard, even if you no longer needed to see the therapist or the coach or everything is resolved you're ending a relationship. And a therapy relationship is unlike any other relationship you will have. And I can say coaching is the same. You get to know someone so intimately 
and you build that connection and it's not like any other relationship you will have in your life. Um, And when it ends as a client, it's totally normal to feel sad, to feel some grief. And one of the most beautiful things that happens is clients will say, well, hey, even though our relationship is ending, I am taking you with me because I hear your voice in my head. When I'm being hard on myself, I can tell myself, hey, be kind to yourself, be self-compassionate. Or when little things pop up, I can remember what you said to me. So anytime you go through a therapeutic or a coaching experience, you get to take that relationship with you for the rest of your life. And it can be a corrective emotional experience for you. So to have a new perspective, a new way of thinking, and to be able to carry that with you as a voice that you've internalized, it's such a powerful thing. But today I'm having a rough day because I had a client that I'd seen for years and it ended because the client no longer needed to meet with me. And that's how it goes. And I think sometimes clients don't realize that therapists and psychologists, coaches, et cetera, it's hard for us when we say goodbye. We also grow fond of our clients. We build relationships with you. And sometimes it feels like you're able to be in somebody's life and you're able to help them and you get to read some chapters of the book, but you don't ever get to stay for the entire book. And that's what it is to be in this role, to to be in the healing role. So all of my therapists, coaches, and all of the clients, all of the people who engage in these dynamics, I think it's just important for us to acknowledge that they have a huge impact on both parties. I do not believe in having a hierarchy where in some schools of thought as the psychologist or the therapist, you're not supposed to show any emotion. You're supposed to be a blank slate. You're not supposed to acknowledge that a client impacts you. I believe in humanistic psychology where we say, yes, I am as the healer. I am still impacted by my clients and I'm inspired by them and I miss them when the relationship ends. That's the truth. Every client I've worked with, you know, I I find myself still thinking about them from time to time. So I just want to acknowledge that if you've ever had a therapy relationship end or a coaching relationship end and you didn't feel like you got any closure, it's because it's it's a relationship unlike any other and it is hard to get closure when it's ending. Okay. A little vulnerable share for me about where I'm at today, but I had podcasting on my calendar and I believe that self-care is showing up to do something when I've said I'm going to do it. I'm honoring the promise to myself, the promise to you all to show up regardless. So here I am. Let's, let's do an episode. And like I said, it's going to be answering a DM that I got. I love when you all DM me 
on Instagram. That's awesome. I am going to be a thousand percent transparent with you and let you know that sometimes I get so many that I simply cannot get to it. And I will tell you this, if I've ever not responded to you, please know it's not because I didn't want to. It's just because there were so many and it got lost. I do try though. So please don't let that stop you from reaching out. I want to connect with as many of you as possible. And today is a great example of that. I'm going to be answering this question. All right. Also, okay, y'all, I don't know if this happens to you. It probably happens to the women more than the men. But does it happen where you get the like sugar daddy DMs? Sometimes I just don't even know what to do. <laughs> like what? <sighs> Deep sigh. Um, now I just kind of show them to my boyfriend and we laugh at them and then we delete them. But anyways, like and what's with like, there was the story of one of the girls on 90 Day Fiance bottling her farts and selling them. Did you all hear about this? People are so interesting in what they will pay for um, to get a sense of intimacy. I think about that with people, these online people who say, hey, I'll be your sugar daddy. No meetups required. They likely are very, very, very scared of real intimacy and they want to have someone that they can give to without actually having to have a relationship. And obviously there's a power dynamic. So there's fear of, oh my gosh, well, if I'm the one paying this person, then I can you know, get from them whatever I want instead of an equal relationship where both parties can really be intentional. Anyways, I could go on and on about the psychology of these sugar daddies, but the bottom line is, it's very, it's very off-putting, um, and it's it's weird. And I'm sure a lot of you have had this experience as well. Anyways, to those of you who are not sugar daddies who DM me, I really appreciate you, and I love your questions. And those are the DMs that I look forward to, and we're gonna get into it right now. So here's here's the question. She says. I have been working very hard towards a secure attachment style, and I've even ended up with someone who is securely attached. While it is nice, I also am realizing that I am in uncharted territory. I love how she put that. I am in uncharted territory. I realized I tend to bond with people over shared experiences and I'm starting to see that we've grown up in very different households. His being a loving environment and mine being toxic. How do I get close emotionally with someone that is an introvert and sees the trauma that I've been through as quote unquote foreign? This is such a good question. And I know that a lot of you can relate to this because I get people who I work with who tell me these things. I have gotten questions like this. Anyways, I know a lot of you listening can relate to this. So what happens when you've really been working hard 
and you've been able to move yourself towards more of a secure attachment style and then you start dating someone who is securely attached and who has had no trauma or very little trauma in their life and you're realizing, oh my gosh, I have never had this kind of relationship before. And I can tell you that this has been my experience, so I can really relate to this question personally. One of the things, well, there's a lot I can say, but here's what I want to start with. Number one, realize that your relationship is not the place to heal your childhood trauma. I want to say that again. Your romantic relationship is not the place to heal your childhood trauma. Ideally, what will happen is you will work on healing, build, building that self-awareness, getting aware of what your triggers are, getting aware of what your wounding is, and you're doing your own reparenting so that then you can show up in the relationship as the securely attached version of you and you welcome in corrective emotional experiences. When we're putting it on our current partner to do the healing for us, or we're showing up as our wounded childhood selves and we're asking our partner to, uh, this is all unconscious, by the way, you're not intentionally saying, oh, let me be my wounded childhood self and let's see how my partner responds. How fun will that be? No, this is completely unconscious. So you don't want to show up as your wounded childhood self and then essentially unconsciously ask your partner to play the role of your parent or whoever it was that wounded you, um, you want to be able to build the self-awareness where you're noticing that wounded part of yourself and you can work on healing it yourself and then bringing your adult self to your relationships, your healed adult securely attached self to your relationship with your partner. And some of you are like, well, how in the hell do I do that? Well, there's a lot of ways, but it does require you actually looking at yourself and doing the internal work. Um, one thing I wanted to add to this is a lot of us, if we've had anxious avoidant dynamics in the past, or we've, you know, had toxic relationship experiences in the past, we are used to, we are accustomed to bringing our childhood selves to the relationship. And we are accustomed to the chaos that ensues and the roller coaster and the up and down and the hot and cold and the fights and the off and on and all of that. So after coming from that and then moving into a securely attached relationship, there is an adjustment period because your brain is saying, well, this isn't what I'm used to a relationship feeling like. This isn't what I'm used to occurring. Why is everything so quote unquote boring and stable? 
what's happening is you're experiencing stable, securely attached love that feels safe and you're having to rewire your brain that safe is good, that I am worthy of love that is predictable, that is safe. And one of the things I want to remind you is that you cannot get all of your relationship needs met from your romantic relationship. So if there are childhood wounds that still need to be um, worked through and healed, that's where seeking out a therapist or even very, very, very trusted friends, journal practice, coach, right? There's other relationships that you can use to work through those wounds. Now let's talk about another aspect of this. She's talking about bonding. She said, I realized I tend to bond with people over shared experiences. So we can be emotionally close to people who have had very different experiences from us. So as an example, my partner and I have very, 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 very different childhoods. He had the same neighborhood in Ohio, very supportive parents, very stable. Parents are still married, um, great family life, etc. My childhood, very different. One of the things that I realized is that while he would never fully understand my experience, that he could do a really good job at making me feel heard just by being curious and by validating what my experience was. So my guess is this question, and this would be my second point. So the first point was don't try to take your childhood self into your adult relationship and to heal it there, that it's more appropriate to do your healing outside and then bring your adult self to your relationship. So that's my first point. And then the second point is intimacy can happen regardless if the experience is the same. So yes, we can easily bond with people over shared experiences, but that's not always a healthy bond, right? We hear the talk about trauma bonds and sometimes we can bond so quickly and so easily because our nervous systems can really relate to one another. And maybe we've been in that similar fight or fight, flight or fight place. Um, it's not always a healthy bond is, is the point, a trauma bond. You can still be close and you can still really understand one another, even though the experiences are different. So what it sounds like is even though your home environment was toxic and his was loving, there's so much that you can learn from each other. And I will say this, even folks who say that they had the healthiest family environment, there's always some way in which parents failed them. There's always some trauma. Not that we have to look for it or that we have to try to find it, but there's always some way in which there was wounding. So what it could be too is that he really 
hasn't openly explored that. So what I would say is this requires a level of curiosity where you can be totally open-minded to one another. And it's really important to not let any comparison or jealousy get in the way because we may not consciously realize this, but we can actually in our in our minds be thinking, oh my gosh, how did they get to have that experience and I didn't? We can be comparing. So we never want to be coming at, from that place towards our partners of anger, jealousy, comparing. We want to be able to give ourselves so much compassion for the experience that we had and just to acknowledge that they're very different. It's not fair to say that one person's suffering is way worse than another. We all have had our own unique experiences and our own paths. And especially in a romantic partnership, what you want to do is just understand one another's experiences, come with total curiosity, allow each other to talk about it, And I think what you'll find is that you can really understand one another and you can really bond just by being very curious about each other. And I think, honestly, uh, the other piece there that you mentioned, I want to make sure I get this whole question. The other piece is, how do I get close with someone that's an introvert? So The introvert piece might be kind of what you're running into in terms of him not being curious about you and um, maybe him also not opening up about himself. So it sounds like you're really craving emotional closeness with this person. And it's really important to be able to share that. So you might say something like, hey, I have so enjoyed getting to know you. We have so much fun together. And there's something I want to talk to you about. Are you open to a conversation? They say yes. And you say, hey, I sometimes feel like I'm getting to know the surface of you and I haven't yet been below the surface. I sometimes feel like I don't truly understand your emotional experiences or the depths of who you really are beyond just the surface. And because I care about you and I care about our relationship, I would love for us to be able to have deeper, more emotional discussions. So that's just an example. But as I said, I think some of what you're running into here is just overall, you're wanting intimacy, you're wanting to connect emotionally. And yes, people who have had trauma in their childhoods or who have gone through a lot growing up, we are much more likely to want to open up emotionally and really invest quickly. And that's part of that trauma bonding of, ah, oh my gosh, can I hang on to you because I don't want to be abandoned? But you're getting to know someone where secure attachment will provide a whole new type of relationship development pattern where it is slow and it takes time and it feels safe, and it has the opportunity to really deepen over time. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It went so much longer than I planned on, but I hope that it was helpful. 
you know that if you're ready to get off the dating roller coaster, if you want to attract a healthy, securely attached relationship, and you want to become confident and securely attached yourself, we do have open spots right now inside of the ESL program. And I do personally show up in that program all the time. You can be coached by me. There's weekly group coaching sessions. It is a transformational program that we've had so many amazing women go through and get incredible results. So I know that it will work for you. And I'd love to see you inside of the program. You can apply using the link in my Instagram bio. And as always, I so appreciate you listening. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And you can um, please let me know if you have questions. You can shoot me an Instagram DM. Just no sugar daddies, please. (laughs) LOL. Um, And of course, you all know, as always, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.